Hey, this is Greg Barron. You're having the honor of hearing me on PF Tape Recorder. But really, just the show's fine. It doesn't need me at all. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape reporter. Coming up, comedian Nick DiPaolo. I'm a little appalled at how uh, the media, they're in coats uh, and doing everything they can to undermine Trump. You know, it's embarrassing, whether it's Rachel Maddow, the CNN, it's just, it's ridiculous how he's being treated and, uh, you know, we have a lot of sheep in this country that have been brainwashed for the last 40 years. You remember last week we spoke to Lewis Black, and I mentioned I had spoken to Nick DiPaolo right before speaking to Lewis. And, of course, Nick, uh, kind of on the right side of the issues, shall we say. Always good, though, to get the perspective of someone funny and smart. So we're going to, I guess, uh, guess hear his side of the story on all things Trump. But that's not the only thing we talked about. We also talked about radio and comedy and things like that. We have a bit we haven't done in a while called I Thought It Was Funny. So stay tuned for that. Song of the Week is from Pale Ways. But first, let's get to that dumb bit. This is a little bit we like to call, I thought it was funny. The way this bit works, of course, is I take a current event of some sort that's happened during the week and uh, usually try to make a, a joke out of it, and the problem being that I really only have maybe one joke out of it. And in the case of this one, I'm not even sure I have one joke, but I did find it funny, but maybe not funny haha, more like funny interesting. Okay, so uh, this week, uh, well, this happened. A developing story from Atlanta tonight where a massive fire has caused a section of Interstate Highway to collapse. So you've probably heard about this. This was uh, news all over the world. BBC News even reported on it. And my wife had seen it on Facebook, and so we uh, put on the computer and uh, used the Internet machine, as Emo calls it, and uh, Chromecasted WSB's coverage to our TV, and they wouldn't uh, tell us what caused the fire. I don't think they were sure what it was. But I thought what was interesting was this elevated piece of highway made out of concrete and steel collapsed. And I thought, well, this is weird, because I know people that swore up and down that, that this wasn't possible. Take these two knuckleheads, for example. I don't know if that's possible. See, I, I, again, I'm not an architect, but maybe it's just such a crappy design that when it catches on fire, it just collapses like but that. But fire has never turned concrete into no. rubble in the history well, of the world, right? It does seem ridiculous, yeah. but I'm not smart enough. Noted conspiracy theorist Joe Rogan and Rosie O'Donnell. Joe Rogan was a guest on Rosie's show. Now, let me first of all, let me press this by saying Joe Rogan's a very nice man. I've interviewed him before. Actually, he was super nice. It was for a newspaper interview. It was before uh, the podcast existed. And Rosie O'Donnell, she's fine. I- I'm not mad at her. I don't, not my cup of tea, but I ain't mad at her. Uh, I think this whole 9-11 conspiracy thing is ridiculous. And I have friends uh, from high school, two of them, very smart people, swear up and down this was an inside job. And we've been over it before on the podcast. My feeling is on it. In a nutshell, doesn't make sense. Why would we? Why would they uh, plan 9/11 and then invade Afghanistan, a, a worthless rock that is strategically useless to us and a quagmire for any country that's ever tried to invade it? Doesn't make any sense. If we'd invaded Iraq the next day, I'd be like, oh, okay, let's look into this. But Iraq is the war Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld wanted. They got Afghanistan dumped on their laps and didn't know what to do about it. So just from that, just from that fact. Uh, that doesn't make any sense 
at all. And of course, one of the things that you know they kept screaming about is, oh, well, jet fuel can't melt and uh, bring down a skyscraper. Well, one, it obviously did. And secondly, it's been proven how it could happen. And uh, so when I saw this thing about the I-85 overpass collapsing, I thought, well, that's weird. This isn't supposed to be able to happen. And then finally, I found a news report that told us uh, what fueled the fire. Authorities don't know what sparked this inferno. The blaze was apparently fueled by giant plastic spools stored under the overpass. PVC pipe, of course, is derived from petroleum, as is jet fuel. And now I'm no big city chemist, but if PVC pipe can burn hot enough to bring down a concrete and steel overpass, I'm pretty sure jet fuel can do the same thing for a high-rise building. The other funny thing I noticed about some of these videos, I went back and watched some of them because I was trying to find uh, some clips there to play in this bit. But one thing they kept saying is that the steel was melted. They found that steel was melted. And why? That's impossible. And then they started talking about it was a controlled demolition, like you see when they tear down a hotel in Vegas or on other places. But you know where else steel doesn't melt? In a controlled demolition. That's why it's a controlled demolition. Nothing burns. They just blow apart the beams and then the thing collapses. So that doesn't melt either. Idiots. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is, uh, if you know a 9-11 conspiracy theorist, uh, ask them, hey, you know, uh, that I-85 overpass that came down, um, I thought that wasn't supposed to happen. I thought it was funny. Nick DiPaolo is a stand-up comedian from Boston, Massachusetts, originally. He now lives in New York City. You've probably seen him on Louie's sitcom. You've seen him, of course, on all of the late-night shows doing his stand-up comedy routine. Uh, it's always good to talk to Nick DiPaolo. And here now is our interview with Nick. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, kid, damn it. Sorry about that. No problem, man. Forgot all about it. Oh, okay. Well, is it still a good time? Yes, it's a good time. Awesome. Sorry, man. No problem. I never forget. I take pride in not forgetting huh. stuff like this. <laughs> uh, I don't remember if I a asked this in the email. Is it okay if we use the audio for this on my podcast? I think we did that before. Yeah, sure. All right, awesome. Well, um... So, uh, as you can imagine, you know, I've spoken to a lot of comedians, and uh, you know, you're kind of known as more of a uh, moderate to right kind of guy. So, we've talked to a lot of people about what's been going on in, in Washington, certainly, and I would be very anxious to hear your take uh, on the, the goings on of the past couple of months. Well, I just I'm a little appalled at how uh, the media is, uh, and you know seems to be, they'd be they're in uh, cahoots and doing everything they can to undermine Trump. And, uh, you know, it's embarrassing, whether it's Rachel Maddow for CNN. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous how he's being treated. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of sheep in this country that have been brainwashed for the last 40 years watching ABC, NBC, CBS, and, you know, so, hey, he's a white, rich, uh, billionaire male who likes pussy. I mean, that is the devil to any liberal in this country, isn't it? Uh, well, speaking as a 50-year-old male who likes pussy, I don't think I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't think I completely disagree with you on that, but I can, I can see your, I can see your point. Um, and look, I ain't, I ain't mad at anybody being rich, neither, so that's just, it's just, you know... Well, don't, that's you, but don't uh, don't be a dick about it. That's all I. That's that's always been my take. Yeah, but 
like you know, my, you know, if you know, my my boss lives in a big house and the neighborhood over from me, have that at. To me, that sounds like a pain in the ass. My house is is enough of a problem to take care of. But if that's you, hey, go for it. I don't mind. You know, he he works yeah. eighty hours a week. I work seventy hours a week. That's that's, that's the spoils to go with. Yeah. Him. So what? That's fine. Yeah. So what? I am mad he, at he you. Probably, you know, he worked exactly. He yeah. probably worked hundred hours a week. Yeah. So. But somehow that became wrong to be, you know, well, successful in this country. Well, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the problem people have. Uh, well, that's the perception. To, most certainly to, is. People used to love him, you know, when he was this, you know. Can you talk? I can't understand you. Can you talk to you? I say when uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, we first saw him, he was a celebrity. He owned this, this this rebel football team, and he was great. He was everybody's hero, you know. And then I got yeah. him, I guess. I don't think people were mad about that either. He almost beat the NFL, and people really enjoyed that. Well, some people did. I guess most <laughs> people did. But um, trust me, there were plenty, plenty of people back then that couldn't stand him either. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I remember he almost bought the. That's what I'm talking team. about in yeah. the media and the you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, I like it. It's refreshing. I didn't even vote for him in the primaries, but I'm just saying it's yeah. refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Because the fucking media is evil. They're itching for a civil war, and they're gonna get it. But anyhow, what else you want to talk about, Pia? <laughs> well, what uh, what's new with you? What have you been up to? It's probably been about a oh, at least a year and a half since we spoke. Yeah. Well, I have a one-hour special uh, called Inflammatory, which is on. If you go to CISO dot com, okay. it's sort of uh, yeah, it's a new thing, and uh, it came out a few weeks ago, and it's going very well. So. That's the first thing, and um, I, I've been doing a podcast, uh, the Nick DiPaolo podcast, which they can hear on iTunes on Monday, and if they want to subscribe to it, they can go to connectpal.com slash Nick, and they can subscribe, they get two to three more shows a week for three ninety nine a month, Okay. and, and I'm in talks with uh, Sirius Radio for my own show, so, satellite okay, radio, good. so... That could be happening real soon, and uh, and and I'm touring, you know. Yeah, and you have broadcast so, experience too. I do. I I, uh, I had a gig uh, on. I don't you remember? Do you remember Free FM? Yeah, it rings a bell. It, that name. Yeah, around 2007, but it, it was yeah. CBS, and it was just horribly run. But huh. I got a show. It was right here in New York. It was on a terrestrial station. The station Howard Stern was on. And people were just starting to love it, and uh, it went belly up. They changed formats. I guess they were hemorrhaging money um, before I even got there, which I didn't know about. But uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, people loved it, and uh, it was just starting. To, it was just starting to explode. And I get a phone call. Uh, I remember I was painting my house, and my wife goes, "Yeah, the GM is on the phone. Your, your GM from your radio station," and <laughs> he says. Make sure your husband comes down with a ladder. It was like a bad phone call, so. Uh, anyhow, but and then I did, you know, the Nick and Artie thing uh, on direct TV, so. Uh, I, I absolutely love radio. I'm, I'm pretty pretty good at it. I, I filled in for a week uh, in October, right before the election. I did like one hour a week uh, on the Comedy Greats channel on Sirius. And okay. After like the se second day, they said, hey, would you like to do a show here? And I said, well, not with what you fucking pay. Huh. <laughs> and their eyes, they thought they had an easy mark. I go, hey, dude, I've been around this forever. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> but it got, I, I dragged my agent into it, and, and you know, so we're, we're talking right now. And 
it looks, I'm going to be honest, I think, I think it, it looks pretty good. That's we'll cool. see. Well, welcome yeah. to radio as far as not getting paid. Why I, don't, I, I love radio. No yeah. longer in radio, yeah. Um, the only time I don't like a PF is when they wake me up like in Green Bay at 5.30 oh, yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> local TV. And, yeah, we have dudes that do that here, and you can tell when they, you know, and, and people that have been on the show, too, it's, so I know them, kind of. And uh, you see them get up, and they got to get on the, the morning breakfast TV and be all funny and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> painful, just painful to watch. I know. I, I, it's funny though. As I get older, I I, I I need less sleep. I don't know why that is. Yeah, someone else was talking about that the other day. I think it was on part yeah. of the podcast. Your old people, you just you go to bed later, and oh no, it was on uh, Rock Solid, Pat Francis' podcast. You're an old guy. We're all in our fifties. You know, you go to bed late, and you just wake up with the sun, like my granddad used to do, and yeah, you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I it, so morning radio has become easier to me, but uh, you know, it's uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I go on with Tom Bernard when I come to Minneapolis, so yeah. I, I, I love those guys. I love Tom Bernard, so uh, it's easy. But some, some cities are easier than others. <laughs> well, yeah, when you get the typical morning zoo people or the people that don't really know comedy, you know, we say, we have, we have a comedian on, then it's you know, <laughs> probably way different than yeah. being on with, like, Bob and Tom or somebody like that. Yeah, sometimes they put me on, like, uh, they'll, you know, they, they'll put me on, like, uh, 70 a.m., uh, you know, sports park. <laughs> and the guys know me and like me, but right. you know, it's like it's like my demographic. You know, I do have a lot of people in their twenties coming out to see me. So yeah, well, like you are a, a, a decidedly different voice, especially in these times, Bob. But, yeah, uh, have you always been kind of a fan of radio then, or was it just something kind of an interest I, that just presented itself? Yeah, I, I kind of uh, it, it started off with sports. It was a guy named Eddie Andelman in, in uh in Boston, and they had a sports show on Sunday nights, like four hours of Boston sports talk, and that sort of got me a little uh, hooked on it, you know, and uh, and I just, yeah, I've been in the car, and I, I like, uh, I like, I like talk, talk radio, you know, Yeah. so, they just think yeah, like, kind of, uh, I was just thinking about it, I've, I've always kind of liked all kinds of radio, and I think about it, when you said sports, I used to listen to a guy in Cleveland, Pete Franklin. Uh, he was the big sports guy when I was a kid, but then I also liked to listen to music, and then I listened to the BBC yeah. World Service on the shortwave. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been kind of a magical yeah. thing. And when I came up in comedy in Boston, there was a guy who passed, he's dead now, Mark Parento, who, uh, he was a real popular afternoon DJ in Boston at the number one station, and he would, uh, he would, like, uh, host the comedy night at Stitches on Wednesday nights. So it would be WBCN. And uh, through that, I got the, you know, uh, he'd have the, the comics up in the afternoon to, and interview them and stuff. So, yeah, now that I think about it, there's a lot of uh, lot of radio around in Boston. So. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a shame how it's kind of like, I think of all the mediums, it's kind of, uh, well, maybe newspapers have suffered worse uh, <laughs> in the 21st century. But really, it's kind of been, you know, it tries to reinvent itself through podcasting and people just, you know, don't seem to catch on. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what. Um, I don't know. I keep getting different opinions. You know, I, I, I have. Uh, I know people in the radio terrestrial world. I know satellite radio. I, I, I keep diff- getting different opinions. That they've been saying the death of. They've been talking about the death of you know terrestrial radio for years. Yeah. But somebody just told me recently that it's doing better than you know. It's doing a lot better than people say. And the advertisers are leaving the internet because it's not, nobody wants to pay for anything. 
That's true, yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know where it is, but satellite, all I know is satellite radio is in almost every car made in America, so uh, <laughs> it can't hurt. Yeah, as is, you know? as is regular radio, and regular radio, I guess, is still free, so that's kind of still the draw. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you, know, you, can drive, you can drive from New York to L.A. without changing a station satellite, you know? That's, yeah, that's true. That's, uh, that's, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so not a bad place to, to, to be funny. And, and, and to be a stand-up comic and to be good on the radio, is, it's like a, it's a good mixture, you know? You can, it's a good way to put asses in the seats. That's true. Is it a, a bit of a different skill set, though? Because you're, you know, you're not getting that immediate reaction that you would get in the club. Is it kind of difficult to get into that mindset, or is it just a matter of, you know? No. Well, I, I, I'm, I've always been. My strong suit has always been um, being funny conversationally. You wouldn't know it from right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that. That's been to me. That's a prerequisite. If you can't be funny conversationally, I don't know. You know. Uh, I found it easy, anyways. So uh, that's why Howard Stern would have me on, and, and uh, you know. Uh, so I think it's it's a, it's a different skill set, but funny is funny. I mean, if you're being funny, sure. and and uh, like Anthony Comia has a podcast, and I went on there election day night. I was on from four in the afternoon till one in the morning, and and within the next ten days, I added 110 subscribers to my podcast paying people wow so yeah i mean so you know not, not everybody can do it you do see like you said you do see comics come into a radio station and just sit there like a bump on a log but you got to be able to be quick off you got to be you know off the top of your head you have to be able to off the cuff and and uh not everybody can do it you know a lot yeah. a lot of comics go and try to do material you know it's kind of Kind of brutal to listen to on a yeah, morning they, radio show. They try to set them up, and oh, I, I hear you've been yeah. talking about uh, sleeping in lately. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I heard your wife died in Japan last week. What happened? <laughs> That's uh, speaking of that election night. How how surprised were you when that rolled out? Because we had Tim Slagle on the week before it happened, and he and I yeah. were both predicting that people might be in for a surprise. Uh, and indeed, uh, yeah, yeah, I felt that way too. But I was—I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't surprised, you know. Uh, just just because I was watching the same garbage media that everybody else was. So you know, we were listening to six months of he doesn't have a chance. Just right up to the day before, even electorally, he, he only has this path. He has to go through Vermont and all this crap. Yeah, yeah. Making it—I mean, right up to the end, they were just full of crap. And 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 then. Uh, I'm sitting there with Anthony Comey and his producers going, I don't know, it's like 10 o'clock, he's going, and the producers going, New York Times just says he has a, like a 95% chance of winning. I go, are you bullshitting me? I couldn't, <laughs> as much as I thought, you know, look, when I watched those rallies and he had 20, 30,000 people at a rally and Hillary was up the street with 11 people, I'm like, that has to mean something. <laughs> well, that's not the thing that, the thing that really struck me, especially like the, the weeks leading up to it, was just how poorly positioned the Clinton campaign was. They're running all these commercials showing Trump, you know, you know, behaving badly, I guess, as it were, trying to make him look that way. And I'm like, yeah. this is what people want. Don't you understand that? And I told exactly. Slagle that, too, and Slagle had a good observation. He said, you know, it's like with PBS, people will ask people in polls, oh, do you watch PBS? And they'll say they watch it a lot more than they actually do. And he said that was probably the thing with these polls uh, running up to the election was that, are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton? Oh, of course, I'm not going to vote for Trump. No, not at all. And in reality, when people went in to pull that lever, well, that's exactly what happened. So Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I was like a little surprised. I wasn't shocked, but 
So, um, do you talk about this much on stage? Because a lot of people are saying you can't help but talk about it, and uh, since, since you have sort of a more of a unique perspective on it, uh, I, I don't. I don't do a lot of it. I, I, I don't. I, I um, at least right now I don't. Um, but um, I do. I do enough, and, and, and I use this quote because every time somebody interviews me, I use this quote, and I have the last ten years. Colin Quinn. Uh, said about me. I said they keep trying to call me like a conservative com. First of all, I'm not even that political. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, you, he, he Colin goes, you're not. He said, but but he said, Nick, you could be telling a joke about McDonald's and people can tell how you voted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think sums it up. I don't want people to come out and get you know. Uh, but but I think they come out to hear me because uh, I see their eyes light up when I start leaning into it. You know how much I hate liberals and shit. I yeah. see their eyes light up. No. So I've been doing this for a long time. So I've, you know, between radio and 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 Comedy Central roasts and Tough Crowd, I think was where I sort of got pigeonholed. And I, and I'm not a conservative. I don't I don't give two shits about abortion. Really, I I, yeah. I don't care about gay marriage. But in show business, if you lean right on two out of ten issues, you're a fucking Nazi. You know. I don't know. It's I mean, it's yeah, the world I live in. Yeah, yeah, and I can understand that. Uh, but you know, it's also nice to hear. You know, uh, insight from people that you know do have different views, and in a funny way, like right. you and Tim Slagle, and there and Colin Quinn, there are uh, you know a handful right. of folks that are at least informed, and at least you can think, oh, I've never instead of you know, you know, with your friends on Facebook and going, oh, that guy's just nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't go, I, I just post shit on Facebook. I don't read anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, post and respond way less. The stuff I've been posting lately is about sports. Um, yeah. you know, music, things like that. I'll let other people kind of uh, <laughs> pick that up now. I know. Just... Even like with my sister Donna, who I didn't even... My sister Donna, like, lives in the suburbs of Philly, I think. And, uh, you know, her husband was an Ivy League guy, very successful and stuff. And uh, I never got, you know, uh, we never talked politics much, but and, and but then oh, I stumbled on it one day, I started reading it. She's right out there with it. I go, boy, I really am a pussy online about my politics compared to my sister. Yeah, I mean, I've got haymakers, you know. I've got cousins and distant cousins out there that <laughs> uh, you know, post stuff, and I'll I'll throw a like on there. Maybe very occasionally, <laughs> I'll comment. The, the only time I usually comment is um is just to correct. I can't people. hear you. Sorry. Is that the, the only time I'll comment these days is just to correct people. Uh, both ways if it's something really outrageous because, um, you know, a yeah. lot of times we'll see stuff, like, Steve, people are still posting and this is when you'll appreciate, Steve, people are still posting that thing that Trump said he he told Oprah that he'd run as a, a, a Republican because he only watched Fox News and, and of course it's like, well that that's the most ridiculous, he says so many other ridiculous things, why pick right. up something that's made up to show, so I'll attach a little Snopes thing to it and then off we go but, yeah, yeah, I, I get a kick out of doing that, to prove I'm smarter than people <laughs> Um, so, like, any other vehicles you want to, for your comedy, you've yet to, to tackle, or if you're pretty happy with the radio and the touring and the, and the new podcast? Well, it's enough, isn't it? For Christ's sake, it give sounds, me a break, Pete. Yeah, what sounds, am I, fucking, what am I, Wayne Newton? I have also have a show in, <laughs> in Vegas on Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. At Harris. David Tell, David Tell always, me and him always joked about that, because you go to these morning radio things. And and they'll always go. What else you got going? You're like, well, I, I just told you I was a fucking regular on Louie, and uh, you know I tour nationally. What do I have? Fifty eight thousand. <laughs> I tell always used to say that. They always go. What else you got going? Well, yep. I've been dating Madonna. Nobody knows him now. Oh, there you go. Uh, 
Yeah, no, the pod, the fucking the podcast, and and, and uh, the special on CISO, and um, if they if they want my dates, they go to my website, uh, nickdip.com. Okay, and uh, they get my tour dates there. But the, the podcast is my, my podcast is going great. It's actually growing. Uh, again, it's at connectpal.com slash nick. Okay, uh, it's it's you know. Uh, I talk a lot of politics on the podcast because, like you said, how can you, it's like the most interesting thing going. And uh, you know, on a podcast, you don't have to worry about uh, offending advertisers, or um, so it's a real, it's a real, uh, you know, or people yelling. But at I keep you. it, I keep it funny though. I, oh yeah, funny has to come first, otherwise you're exactly. just preaching and you yeah, yeah. Into, you know, Janine Garoppolo. So you know that. that Exactly. Yeah, you gotta. You know. Oh, I like. By the way, I always use her as an example. I actually like her. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, you like you like a lot of people that probably just have decidedly different views than you. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So it's you know again as opposed to my lefty friends who fucking wouldn't uh, laugh at anybody that doesn't think like them. But uh, you know, I do have a couple. Cool. But, uh, you know, but uh, anyhow. Well, you'll probably have a, a good time up there in Minneapolis, as always. And have you you've been to Cincinnati before, haven't you? But it's, I think it's been a while. Or it's been a while. Yeah. I, I did a theater in. I don't even remember the name of it. I did a theater in Cincinnati. The, the Taft, maybe. I think it was the Taft. That sounds right. Yeah, brother. That sounds right. Maybe. And uh, and I did. Uh, isn't there like a go bananas or something? Yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah, I did that years ago. Yeah, um, I haven't been there that much. But um, where are you in Cincinnati? Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but Minneapolis Acme Comedy Club. Oh yeah, is uh, is uh, killer. It's my favorite club in the country, actually, as far as clubs go. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm starting to do theaters here, and that's why I'm excited about if I, you know, if, if we come together and agree on the serious radio thing. Oh yeah, because uh, it, it's nice, you know, to to, to do uh, fly into a city for one night. Yeah, do a theater. Like oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of the goal. I thought I would have been there a while ago, but uh, you know, these things uh, happen for a reason. So, uh, yeah. but I do. Uh, I've been doing more of those here and there, and it's really it, it's like, hey, this is like show business. What the fuck? Yeah. Next, build, build up a little bank. Next thing you know, you're running for president. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> All right, really All right, man. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it then. Good talking to you. Uh, nice to get your perspective uh, on things. And uh, have fun right. up in Minneapolis. And good luck with the I, podcast. I appreciate it, PM. Thanks, awesome. man, for right. taking the time. No problem, Nick. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Nick DiPaolo for being on the show. You can catch Nick Let's See Where, April 13th through the 15th in Erie, PA. How about that? Uh, Erie, that's a nice town. Uh, he's, yeah, April 13th through 15th, he is there at JP's Last Laugh Comedy Club. That's, a, that's supposed to be a great club, by the way. A lot of guys from here in Cincinnati go up there and perform. He's in uh, Levittown, April 21st and 22nd. He's in New Orleans, May 5th, uh, and he's on and on. Uh, you can find all his dates at nickdip.com. That's nickanddip, all one word, dot com. He's got a uh, tour, uh, I guess what you call a, a bookmark or um, tab there. And then, of course, you can also check out his podcast, which is simply called the Nick DiPaolo Podcast. And I think like Pardo's, uh, you can get part of it for free, and then part of it's buying a paywall. But uh, if you go there... 
you can uh, you can find all the details yourself. Uh, oh yeah, get two to three extra episodes if you subscribe. You get one episode for free. It's kind of like uh, what Never Not Funny does. Oh, and speaking of the Never Not Funny family. Uh, thanks to Rock Solid for giving us a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, like a, it was one of those Follow Friday situations. Uh, Pat uh, invited folks to follow uh, fellow podcasters, and we were one of the mentions. That was really cool. So we're now to the song of the week, though, and the song of the week is from a group called Pale Waves, and they are on the same label as the 1975. And, in fact, their new single was produced by Matt Healy and George Daniels of the 1975. No word on whether or not it was recorded in OMD studio, uh, the Motor, uh, I guess, what's that called, the Motor Suite or the Motor Studio, something like that, um, in Liverpool, as of the 1975 record. And let me see, the song, though, is uh, called... Uh, there is a honey. It's a. It's quite a tune. Kind of puts me in the mind of. Um, well, you can kind of the 1975 part of it in there for sure. Uh, it also kind of reminds me of Wolf Alice. So see what you think. Uh, I really like this. Hope you do too. Our song of the week again is from Pale Waves. It is called There's a Honey. PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs>